And it is episode 101 here of the Cherokee Rewind. I'm Mick. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Appreciate it. And, well, we've got 100 under our belts. Let's go for 100 more to start. And uh, we're going to start off the next batch of 100 with a guy who played with the Cherokee, I believe, in the middle of last century or last decade. Century. Uh, middle of last I was going to say, you look pretty good for 100. <laughs> anyway, but uh, his name's Josh Shelmers, <laughs> and he's uh, he's joining us now. And uh, he played uh, – what years did you play in Toledo, Josh? Um, I, I believe it was the year of 15 that – or year of 15 or 16 that I got traded to Toledo um, from the Wolves okay. um, in my second year with uh, the NA3. Okay. And – now, I always do this thing where I try to remember what jersey number you wore, and I'm usually really bad at this. So, you know, I'll be par for the course here. If I'm trying to think, did you wear number, was it 11? I did not. I wore number 33. Ah, okay. So I was nowhere weird, near. Weird number. That's all right. Yeah, that's when, yeah, when, it's a weird when, number. It's definitely well, a goalie number. Yeah. Well, the thing was is that, when Kenny Ray came in and, you know, the, the team was uh, in, in firmly in hand with the Millers, um, they allowed the kids to pick a, whatever numbers they wanted. So what happened was, is that prior to that, all that, um, they had, you had numbers 29 and down, 1 to 29. The, the goalies mm-hmm. had 30 between 30 and 35 and the players had between 21 and 29 and it was you know that and that was it there was no no messing around with that that was all you had and so you didn't get to pick all these numbers that like they do now you know whether it's 33 or 77 or you know 65 whatever you know, you could you can't do that now, or you couldn't do that back then. Now you can, with the team. So it's uh, yeah. I've had, what's that? I've had a couple teams that are kind of like that. Uh, when I was my first year in juniors, it was kind of like that. We had uh, one through twenty nine that you could pick. Uh, I think Toledo was like the first place that I actually they gave you a choice, which I didn't really have a choice there because I got traded. So uh, Mo called me up. Um, I think the night I got traded and I asked him cause <clears throat> my number throughout my career has just been three. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him if he had threes and he said he didn't have three, but he could do 33. And I thought it was kind of odd that they had a 33 player. Cause that's usually, you know, a goalie goalie number, but Hey, that I, I take that number to my heart now. Uh, 33, uh, 33 was a big year for me. So. Okay. Uh, that was that was uh it's pretty cool that they they accommodated me like that. Okay. Well, we'll talk about all of that and more. First, I want to get to know you a little bit. Um you were are you from I'm presuming Michigan, up in Michigan? Yeah, yeah, I'm from uh, Madison Heights, Michigan. Okay. So, a suburb of Detroit for those out of the area. Um and the how old were you when you first started skating and taking uh, interest in the game and who got you interested in the game? Uh, 
Well, my dad definitely got me interested in the game. Uh, he was a big Red Wings fan. Um, when I was born uh, in 95, they were actually in playoffs. And my dad tells me this story all the time. Um, when when I came about, he was watching the game and he was holding me. And he lifted me up to the TV and he was just like, son, you will love hockey. Wow. And it, it honestly became true. And uh, I started skating when I was about four. Um, I played roller hockey, though, when I first started, and I didn't start playing ice hockey until I was about, I think, the age of 12. So I had I had a good eight years in roller hockey then, but um, transition was kind of weird. The skating was a little different. The game style was a little different. So it took me a little bit, but uh, yeah, I've been playing the game since I was four. I've been loving the game since, since then. It's been my life, um, continues to be a big part of my life, so. Well, what is, what that had to be hard though too. I mean, roller hockey is one thing, but to transition over to to ice hockey to travel, etc., that had to be quite quite a, a a moment there to try to figure out how I'm gonna, let alone play at a competitive level. I mean, that that takes a lot. Yeah, I, it definitely did. I, I I got very lucky. The good thing about trans transitioning over from roller to ice is my hands were a little bit mm -hmm. uh, better there. Um, so I had to, I had to really get my skating in tune. And uh, my dad put me in a house program for about two years and I, I sort of excelled there. And uh, that's when we kind of made the step to move towards travel when I was about 14 to 15 years old. So. Uh, now, did you play there in Madison Heights or did yeah. you have to go somewhere else? Um, so I played in my house leagues. I played here in Madison Heights. And then when I started playing travel, I played in Troy. And then I played for the USA Eagles out in Bloomfield Hills. And then I played for the St. Clair Shore Saints for the last two years of my uh, travel AA um, eligibility. Okay. So um, what was the hockey like? I mean, when you first hit that, I mean, we'll start with the house leagues. When you first hit that ice, and were you nervous? Did it was it kind of like, wow, this is a whole new world? I want to say I was nervous, but it definitely after the first shift was definitely like, what is going on here? This isn't this isn't how I'm usually play. I mean, I come from a game roller hockey where there's no offsides, there's no icing. It's all about slow. Um, slow passing the puck spreading people out and it just I got into this ice and during house it was kind of easier just because like the skill set was the same skill set as I was at the time um, but it was it was it was kind of weird like the the whole speed of the game changed for me and um, from from a guy like me I'm not a fast guy I was a bigger I was a bigger kid uh, I didn't really have wheels on me so when I got the ice, these kids were zooming around the ice and it, it definitely was a shock it, it, during house. It, it was a shock. It took me, it took me a couple months to, um, to feel out the game at that level and uh, understand that it wasn't roller hockey anymore. And if I wanted to go anywhere with it, that I had to understand the game just a little bit more. So essentially that was like, um, like the early teenage version of beer league. Oh yes, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love, I love it. So now, 
you go you make the transition over from house to travel um, obviously a few a few more uh, things you had to adapt to namely things like travel tra the, uh, like the word says travel you know you go play different cities uh, you also yeah. you when you're coming back you know I mean doing homework on the road uh, you know overnight road trips that kind of stuff uh, you know being that you didn't start to you were a little older uh, what was that transition like for you and what was it like playing in travel Oh, it was it was so much fun. That that part of it made 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 ice hockey just so much better. I, there was a lot of traveling with roller hockey, but that's only during the summer during the tournament months. Um, but when you're playing ice, you're on you're on the road. You're you're taking those overnight trips. Like as a kid, you always you always get those days where dad's like, "Oh, we got to turn in this paper to school. You're not going to be there Friday." And we loved those days, even though we had to finish our homework before then. Like. I loved going out, loved being with the guys like on trips. And honestly, that's what made me fall in love with the game. Just being around, being around the guys playing. I mean, you're 13 years old playing mini sticks in the hallways at hotels, making the old, old people mad, you know, being loud. So that was the transition for that. That was, that was pretty easy just because like it felt, it felt normal. It felt at home when you're with the guys um, at a hotel atmosphere, to be honest. Yeah, that's understandable, you know, and if, I mean, let's be honest, when you're 13 years old and you're spending weekends in hotel room, it's like a vacation every, every weekend that you're on the road. You feel like an NHL player. You always hear about them just traveling, staying in hotels. Like that's all part of the fun when you're young like that. You, you feel like you, you feel like you're one of the, one of the pros living out your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. So now, um, did you ever entertain any thoughts of playing high school hockey? Um, I did my senior year. There was a, uh, we had a, I had a meeting with my school. Um, cause our program was kind of dying at the time that I was in there. And, um, I went to a, a smaller school in Madison Heights called Lamphere. Um, and that year they were deciding if they wanted to make a team or combine a team with Royal Oak and they decided to combine the team. Um, but we would be playing underneath, uh, their name. And I wasn't too fond of that because high school hockey in Michigan is a little different. You have your, and we travel and play high school. So our high school hockey competition wasn't great. Um, and my school was in one of the lower divisions. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I had the idea my senior year, that would be really cool to play in front of people, but it wasn't under our high school's name. And my dad basically, uh, sat down with me, we had a talk and it was just like, if I wanted to move on, it would probably be a waste of a year. I wouldn't uh, gain what I needed to do. Um, and that's, uh, I think that's the year I decided to go play for the saints. Um, which was the best decision I made that, that that's the team that got me to where I needed to be for, uh, to play juniors or even have the idea of juniors in my head. Um, so I had the idea to play high school hockey, but it just, it wasn't the right fit for me. And it sounds like it. Yeah. So now, uh, after yeah. you finished playing, uh, you, uh, you played what midget? 
Uh, yeah, I played midget double A. Okay. So when you finish playing midget double A, uh, you move on and to juniors. Uh, were you drafted? Did you get? Did you just go to a tryout for the Wolves or? Um, I so the year prior, um, which was my first year with Saint Clair Shores, which would be my first year in midget double A. Um, I had the opportunity to go to a junior skate. I think it was, I forgot what league it was, but it was a team. It was Marquette and Fort Wayne. Um, they, I couldn't go cause I was on a vacation and two of, or three of the guys that I've played with prior on the saints went and they made the team. Um, that's the decision I made to step back and stay in the saints. Um, then the second year they got a call from a guy, Mark Fackler. Battle Creek. That was the year they changed from the Battle Creek Revolution to the West Michigan Wolves. Mm-hmm. They come out to this tryout. Uh, we've talked to the coach. Uh, he wants to see how you play. Um, so I went to Western one day. We all got in a, got in a van, got to Western, and uh, yeah, I went to a tryout. And then by the end of the tryout, they offered me a they offered me a tender. Oh, okay. So. You you decide to lace them up there for uh, West Michigan, and it was I mean there were some lean years there in in Battle Creek. Uh, those were some tough years. Um, what were what were your yeah. expectations going into uh, for the, for West Michigan for the under the West Michigan banner? Um, what were, what were your thoughts as far as you know, what your role might be on the team, uh, how you could contribute, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, when we first joined, like, we really had no idea what we were getting into. Um, we we didn't really know the backstory of, like, the whole Battle Creek Revolution. It was only, like, the couple weeks that we were on the team that we started, like, hearing things and talking to some vets. And it's like, we only won one game last year. And we're like, oh, okay. But we, we felt confident. We we had Mark Fackler, who's one of the best coaches I've ever played under. He's uh, he, he's definitely gotten me farther in my hockey career than I probably should have been. Uh, just by the way he pushed me and how he taught me the game. Um, so when I got into that, when I got into that team, my role, I knew what it was going to be. I was a rookie. Um, I was out of shape. I... Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be playing every night. Um, and I knew that from the start. After the tryout, we got into the room, and he, he told me straight up. He was like, I like how you can shoot the puck, but uh, you need you need to figure out this weight, and you need to figure out, figure out your speed. Um, but then we worked, worked together throughout the season, and that kind of changed. My role changed. But at the beginning, it was like I go out there. I do what I need to do. I get in the spots I need to get into. I need to battle. Um, and I wasn't every night player, but when I got my chances, I, I definitely, I definitely went out there and I gave it 110%. And that definitely showed towards the end of the season when I was, a every night dressed. So, so, um, now you played, so you're playing there. Did, uh, you ever play, did you play against Toledo at that point? Uh, yes, actually my first ever junior game was in Toledo. Uh, we, we played, I don't know if you've ever been to the Rankin Battle Creek. 
Um, oh, yeah. But when we, yeah, when we first got there, we had an exhibition game against Toledo because we weren't in the, that division that year. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure we were in a division with uh, Peoria, Wisconsin, and it was weird because those teams aren't near us. Yeah. Exhibition the year after. But that year, we, we played Toledo first, and we knew we were going to have to play them out of our out-of-division games throughout the season. They Toledo travels all the way to Battle Creek. We hit to Battle Creek, and right when you step out on the ice, there's just a puddle that goes down to the cement. Oh my god. So that game we're we're talking, our coaches talking with the refs. The refs are like, well, we can put a cone there and just call it dead. My coach is like, we're not gonna play that. We're not gonna do that. And I think Kenny also was like, Yeah, we're not gonna do this for an exhibition game. We'll just go back to the ice house tomorrow and play. Coach was not happy about that because we we've been uh we tried to get that rink set for game one and it's just it was so hard there. The rink was just so bad. But then the next day we we got to Toledo and that was my first ever game was in Toledo is exhibition game. Pretty sure they handed us a five to one loss or something like that. And that was, that was a real wake up call too. Cause we found out how coach was like that day too. He was a, a very aggressive and winning coach. He wanted to win and uh, it was a tough loss, but, it was fun. That game, I remember that game. It was it was a lot of fun to just you at that point, like at that skill level, we finally made it. Like that was like we're gonna play competitive hockey, and this is how it's gonna be. Even though we lost that game, it was fun. It was competitive the whole way. And uh, honestly, I was happy that it was my first game because like Toledo was a great team then too, and I mean it ended up being the the last team I played for in that league. So it's pretty so, special. So now you played what a year and change with, uh, West Michigan. Or did yep. You... I played the full year. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, we got into year two. Um, and there was a coaching change, um, new coach. We had some different opinions on things and, uh, a little bit through that season. Um, I ended up asking for a trade and, he told me that Kenny was asking for me. So I said, absolutely, I'll go where I'm not, I wanted. And that's how I ended up on Toledo, really. Oh, wow. It was a, it's kind of a weird way to do it, but it was special. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is, I mean, if you look at the history of, of uh, the Wolves, the, the, prior to that, that they were Battle Creek. Prior to that, they were Grand Rapids. And they were the Grand Rapids Owls. And... To give you an idea how kind of crazy and goofy this uh, this that league could be, uh, when they were Grand Rapids, I can remember this. They won. They played St. Louis, who was like like on a they were steamrolling everybody. I mean, they were just unbeatable. St. Louis loses one game that entire season on their way to a national championship, and it was a regular season game. And it was against Grand Rapids. And for Grand Rapids, that was their only win of the season. So, what is that? I mean, you're, you you beat the eventual national champions, and that's your only win of the season. It's How yeah. messed up is that? Yeah. 
It's like, wow. Yeah, they have, they have the same thing about uh, the year before I joined. It was the Battle Creek Revolution. They had one win, and it was at the showcase against, I believe it was, I could be wrong. Uh, I think it was Granite City or one of those teams, one of the top-tier teams. And it was their only win. It was against, uh, it was at the showcase. That's funny. But, Man, but yeah, that just, I mean, it's, it's just crazy so how that. So now, um, crazy how that league works. Yeah, it is. It You're is. Good. I agree with you there. And it's funny because you know, too, um, you know, the fact that you guys were in in that that long haul to play all those Western teams, Peoria, Wisconsin. I mean, my gosh, that probably had to take its toll on you, you know, physically and emotionally when you have to come all the way back over here to Battle Creek just to get back home and get in your own bed. And then it's like, oh, it, it's ready, get ready to go. We got, It's sunrise. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a blessing and a curse. I, I will say it did suck at times. Like, you travel all the way to St. Louis. You lose a game on a Saturday. And then you have a seven-hour bus ride home. Yeah, we but on the other side of things, it wasn't like it was it wasn't like Toledo We're in Toledo, which I had a great time. We only had certain overnights. So we had teams that we were playing home and homes against because they were so close Uh in with West Michigan. Every trip was an overnight. Anytime we were going somewhere, it was an overnight. And which is something that like is cool for me because I know a lot of other teams don't have that experience and they all play teams that are really close and they they do home and homes and it saves a lot of money for those teams. But I got really blessed that, that year because every weekend we were gone. We were, we were in Wisconsin for days. We were playing Peoria. We were going to lacrosse. Wow. Uh, St. Louis was our fun trips because we were on the bus for, we were on the bus for five plus hours every time. And it, I think that's what brought that team together a lot too. Cause we were just a bunch of, that team was a bunch of misfits that, had no business doing what we were doing, but we were, we were just such a glued together group. And it, that, that year was very special. Uh, we, we did a lot of things that year that were really, really cool. And I'm glad I got to be a part of it. Now, or did you have, you know, you talked about some of the issues that you had with some of the, uh, the coaching uh, staff the following year, but it, in either of those years were, I know there was a time where you guys were battle Creek. I don't know if it was with battle Creek or if it was with West Michigan, but they were undermanned. They didn't have a full roster. Was that during that time? I think that was Battle Creek. I think that was like the year before because they were struggling. It was the year they only won the one game and they were struggling for players. I, th- I think they ended up playing with like 15 guys or something. Wow. Um, but we had, when I was there, we had a full, we had a full roster and our, we had, we actually had high school kids that would come in and like play with us on weekends um so yeah we we had a 25 man roster at that point still though that's not an easy thing so you so, okay so you yeah get, so you get traded to toledo um was that like uh what i mean you're you're, you're going to a place you're wanted you're going to a place where the travel s- schedule is going to be much easier for you um what was it like the first time you walked into that Cherokee locker room? 
you know, considering you played against them. Uh, that was, yeah, that was, it was nice. Yeah, it, it was definitely a change. Um, so if we backtrack it, the reason why I got, or reason how I got to Toledo, uh, mm-hmm. I was getting scratched with this new coach on West Michigan. And I remember we were in Kalamazoo. I was sitting behind the net, sitting before the game. Kenny came up to me and he goes, hey, Summers, why aren't you playing? And I didn't know Kenny at this point. I just looked at him and was like, I have no idea. Asked coach. And I'm, just, I'm just here now. And it was that week I asked for a trade. And my coach looked at me after I asked for it. And he goes, well, that guy, Kenny, really wants you in Toledo. Uh, you good with that? And I said, absolutely. And wow. there, it's great. And I knew that it was going to be a great time because that night I got a call from Mo, it, 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 <laughs> which was crazy. He calls me. He's just like, helmet size. What What do you need? What size gloves do you wear? And I'm just like, wow, this is this is not like normal to me. We didn't have this in Battle Creek. And then I get to Toledo and I, I mean, I've been on the opposing side, so I haven't really gotten to that back hallway. But once I got into that locker room and the guys were just the guys were so nice to me. Uh, getting there, um, Kenny was really accommodating with me getting there. He he wanted to make sure I was good when I got there. Everything was set up when I got there. I didn't have to do anything. It was I I felt really good when I got there. I felt like this is this is where I want to finish out my career. I'm going to be happy here. I uh, the group of guys that were already in the locker room there were already super talented and then Kenny made some really good moves and got some really good players on that team from other teams. And yeah, that, that, that locker room was special for sure. So now, um, did, did you fit, did you feel at all nervous or intimidated or anything going in there? No, I, I, I pretty much proved what I could do the season prior. And I know, I know that's why Kenny had so much, so much respect and like um, hope for me when I came. Um, I think that's why he wanted me. He, he played against me five times the year prior, just because they were we played them a lot out of division. Um, he he took me in. He knew exactly what my role was. He told me that he just needed me to play my hockey. Uh, when I got there, the guys were very nice. It wasn't it wasn't like people were people were trying to make me fail so they could they could succeed. It would. There was no nervousness. There was, it was just hockey at that point. It was hockey with a new group of guys, and it was pretty quick getting to it. Um, I got pretty lucky. Uh, Zay Isaiah was on the team that I on West Michigan before he got traded to uh, New York. Um, we and him were pretty close on West Michigan, so making that transfer over and getting over to the Toledo, and then him being in the locker room too, it kind of it kind of helped out having guys that were just traded as well. We had Hootie come in maybe a week after I got traded as well. So it was, I had guys that could help me and I knew that it wasn't going to be like a fight for guys that have been here for long. Turner, Bogart, Zalecki, those guys, those guys took me in like, like I've been on their team for five years. Like Mm -hmm. they knew what I brought to the table and uh, it, it was a pretty easy, easy transition. So, well, that's a good thing. Now, do you remember your, the first game that you played in a Cherokee uniform? Uh, yes, I did. It was against West Michigan at the Ice House. 
<laughs> and that was that was a, that was a pretty uh, special game. Uh, I got my first goal that day too. Um, yeah, it was that was that was probably one of my uh, most memorable goals if I look back. Wow. Um, I remember I I scored and I immediately <laughs> a little bit of bad sportsmanship, but I immediately went over to their bench. I just grabbed my Cherokee logo and I just flashed it towards the bench, made sure the coach saw it. And I knew, I knew right then and there when I, when I, when I scored that goal, I knew that like I made the right decision and like, that's when the floodgates started to open. Really. I, I had like a couple span of games right when I got there that I played really well and got a couple points here, a couple points there. And then they just started stacking up after that. The confidence started to build. Who um, was, do you remember when you first started? Kenny. Um, I played. My first started with, uh, I don't remember the first line. I think it was like Stanley, Stanley, and I can't remember who was on who was on the other wing. Um, I played with them for about a week, and then they moved me to play with uh, Zay and Ricky after that. Ah, and then that was that was basically my line for the rest of the season. Speed line. Yeah, big line there. Yeah, Ricky. I mean, he that guy is a good playmaker, and and Isaiah, my gosh, that guy's just lightning in a bottle. That guy, he he just flies. Those are those are the type of guys that that I thrive playing with. Just because, like I said, I've never been the, I've never been the fastest guy, but I know where to be on the ice. I, I have a high hockey sense, and when you put me with a guy like Zay who can spread out spread out their d just with his speed he can gain the zone so much faster than everyone ricky has speed on him but his playmaking abilities are just they're they're crazy how how he could find people with passes it it was honestly jaw-dropping at some points and just to put me on that line and have me in the right spots i i think we just had the right chemistry and we just had the right click uh, that that line that line was definitely special. I I do I do miss playing with that line. Those guys were those guys were good good teammates. Yes, sir. Now, um, what do you remember about you know, you know you talked about Kenny telling you to play hockey. Was was he that way throughout that season with you as far as the way he coached you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he knew, he knew how to get me to where I needed to be for every game. He he knew I. I fed off confidence. Um, he knew that he knew that he could discipline me when I was when I was down, uh, and he just knew how to do it. He, he Kenny's Kenny's a good player coach. He, he's he's a good guy to be around the locker room. He he knows what's right for his players. He knows what needs to be done, and and he gets them going. He, there was this confidence that he instilled in me when I first got there, and. It just never went away because he knew what I could do. He, he would come up to me on big games and he'd, he'd tell me straight up. He'd be like, we need you now. We need you now. You were here during the, during the Cincinnati games. We need you now against the Metro. We need you to, we need you to perform, perform, overperform now that we're playing these type of teams. And he, he just knew how to keep my, keep my tires going. He knew how to keep on pumping them, get the confidence up. I, uh, yeah, Kenny Kenny definitely was a great player coach and he knew how to keep the guys in the locker room going. 
going and going. Well, speaking of the guys in the locker room, tell me, uh, what kind of uh, fun did you have in that locker room? I'm sure there was probably some funny stories uh, and some crazy times that went on during uh, during your time in that locker room. Man, there, there were a lot. Um, one of the crazy ones that I remember is I'm pretty sure we were, I want to say we were at Southern Tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we were probably out past curfew, not supposed to be out, but you know, that yeah. happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to a, we went to a, I think it was a graveyard and it was right around the corner from our hotel and we were just walking through just being young, stupid kids, you know? Yeah. And I remember that someone took a picture and then they noticed something in the background, like a ghost and you know, how 18 year old boys are started freaking out oh my god ghost and then everyone's phone just shut off oh my god everyone's freaking out absolutely freaking out losing their minds we get back to the hotel everyone's gathering in run room we're all becoming like ghost hunters (laughs) trying to figure out what's going on analyzing these photos (laughs) look at people like this is look it's right there you can see it you can see it oh my god that those, those, that's what I loved about that team, man. Is is those type of trips. We would just get into stuff like that, and that it, it was, it, it felt like family. And that team was definitely really close, and we had so many times like that where something so stupid can just be amazing to a group of guys like that. It, it was, <laughs> it was definitely a good time. My gosh. So who was? I mean. Tell me about some of these guys as far as, I mean, obviously you get the old stuff with the clear tape on the, on the skates and, and, uh, leaners, you know, whatever shoot, you know, who are, who are some of the uh, guys that did that the most? I don't remember much of like the shenanigans that went on nice, Mm -hmm. but I knew that, I knew that like Zay, Zay was always trying to get people like with pranks, whether it be like unscrewing the top of the water bottle, letting it go on everyone. Um, I don't remember much pranks. So like, I just remember guys just doing little stuff to, to get under people's skin. And it was funny, like the clear, clear tape on the skates. Uh, I remember, I forgot who it was, but someone taped, two sticks together with like three tape rolls and it took them like an hour to get it all off. Oh my God. And whose sticks were they? I can't remember who they did that to, but I, I don't remember. It might've been Daryl. Kaczynski? But I'm I'm not, I'm not positive who it was. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That is too funny. Oh man. It sounds like something they do to him. I was thinking either him or him or Austin Turner. Yeah. Because Turner was yeah, always Turner, a, a yeah. target. He was always a target. But um, Yeah, people are always trying to get under his skin. Yep, that, that sounds about right. But uh, now, who, uh, who, tell me about some of the other guys that you played with, what they were like to play with. I mean, just not only on the ice, but I mean off the ice too. Um, you know, you, you mentioned some of the other guys like Bogey and, and Z-Bop and and, and just guys like that, um, that meant so much to you. What was it like back then as far as, you know, um, the, just like I say, the camaraderie, the silliness, 
you know, I, I can imagine only the, what some of the other stuff that you guys did, uh, you know, <laughs> aside from a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been other things. Um, but guys like bogey bogey, he was, he was a big reason why I, I fell in love with that team. He, he was just, he was the, he was just your all around captain. He knew how to get the guys going. Uh, he, he's, they were just such nice people. Bogart and Turner, the first day I was there, they just made me feel like I was a part of the team. And they're, they're main, one of the bigger reasons why I decided to go to Eastern. Um, I wanted to go with them. I wanted to be with them. I knew they were great teammates. I knew what they could bring to a team. Turner, again, me and him were really, really good friends um, on the team, and we we stayed close. Uh, Z Bob, that that guy, he he's an all around hockey player. That he's he was something special to watch when he was out there, and it was just like it was, it felt like he was giving no effort, and in a good way though. Like he was so good that it just looked effortless when he was out there playing, and that that just showed around the locker room and it gave guys goosebumps. And I think that's what drove, drove guys to get after it during the season, seeing guys do stuff like that. Um, and then like Zay and Ricky, those guys, best line I've ever played with. Um, as we were talking about, they, it, what we could do as a line was pretty crazy. And Zay, Zay's one of my good friends. And, it, like I said, we had that connection from West Michigan that just kind of carried over. And Ricky, Ricky was just a great teammate as well. Um, on and off the ice, all of them were uh, off the ice. They were just as good as they were on on the ice. And we were a pretty close bunch. We hung out a lot when people weren't working. We were all at someone's house. We were all doing stuff. Um, I think we we hung out at Nappy's apartment like more than anything. Um, and it didn't matter what time of the day you show up, you show up there. Like there's people there, there's guys there. There's, there's always teammates like around each other. And I think that's what that made that year so good. And I think that's why we had such a good team is uh, we, we had the guys that just wanted to be around each other. We wanted to be more than a team. We wanted to be, wanted to be friends. We wanted to be brothers. We wanted to bring it together. And yeah, that year was that, that locker room was special. That locker room was, a lot of guys that had the same the same quest in mind and we were going to do it together and if you weren't about it we didn't want you on our team and i think that's why our team uh team thrives so much you know and it's funny because you know you mentioned nick nappy oh my gosh nap was a piece of work i, I absolutely yeah. loved that guy because he made my job easier because when on the day on the days that he didn't dress he would come up to up to the press box, and he'd I'd, he'd let me interview him between intermissions, to kind of help me kill time in the intermission. So he would, uh, yeah. you know, he was just such a goofball, and I loved him. I still do. I still keep in touch with him. Matter of fact, I just talked to him a, a, a day or two ago. But um, it's uh, you know just a good guy, you know, uh, and it's it's always weird too, because you know you see guys like that who come from Florida, and you know, I'm used to seeing guys like you come from Michigan yep. or, or, you know, somewhere up north, you know, in cold weather states playing hockey. And when you get these warm weather uh, guys that come up, it's like, okay. But, but Nick, man, he was, he had that, he had that cold weather mentality. <laughs> he just, he was just, uh, like I said, he was just a, 
yeah. different kettle of fish, and that's what made him so endearing to everybody. Yeah, and he did. I'll tell you what, he did not like the cold. I remember he would show up in like winter time, snow on the ground. He'd have sandals on with no socks. I'd be like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I don't have any snow boots. <laughs> We're like, what? He's Come on. It's freezing out here. Yeah. But, but Nappy, yeah, I've I've been down to Florida a couple of times with uh, Verbi. Uh, mm-hmm. We've gone down there and uh, fished with Nappy a little bit. And it's, just shows how close our team was. We still connect after the fact. We, it's been It's been almost four years since I've been playing there. It's probably over more than that. I was going to say, um, it's been more than that. And, yeah, yeah, more years than that than I've played there. And we still hang out. I still see these guys and still talk to these guys. But, yeah, yeah Nick Nappy, definitely a, definitely a character. Yeah. And, man, I, I loved having him on our team. He's definitely a guy you need in your locker room. Yep. And then, of course, you mentioned Nick Verboski. Verbi is a – oh, that guy. I tell you what, um, he always cracked me up. I just, I don't know what it was about him. He just always made me laugh. Um, but, um, and, and it's funny because I'll talk to some of these guys, Josh, and I'll ask him, you know, like, who's one of the funnier guys on the, what, who was one of the funnier guys on the team? And a lot of them, a lot of them said you were, you were like the funniest guy on the team. And you were the one that could, uh, you know, you always had something to say. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, where we come from, we call that turfing. Uh, but uh, they said that you were probably yeah. one of the funnier guys on that team. And uh, 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 guilty as charged, are we? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I was definitely a clown. I definitely could get the guys laughing in the locker room. Uh, the fifth yeah, I, did, I, could, I could take that. Yeah, it's a good fit for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um now, did was Omi uh, one of the coaches with uh, Kenny back then, or no? Yes, he was. Yep, it was Kenny and Omi. I'm pretty sure were the only two when I was there. Okay, and uh, tell me what it was like. Uh, I know he was primarily a defensive coach, but what was it like with To there? Uh, to, we would he he treated me just like Kenny did. Uh, I think we bumped heads a little bit more. He would come back at me when I would go back at him. And that was just like, I think it was uh, me just being a kid and being an a-hole sometimes. But uh, I mean, there was a lot of respect in between me and Omi. Uh, He did work with the defensive guys a lot more, but me and Omi could talk, chatter it up and have a laugh. Uh, but he was just like Kenny. He he knew what we needed. He knew how to get the guys on the right page. And um, sometimes players sometimes players and coaches bump heads, and we just bumped heads a couple times. But other than that, it was it was all respect. It, we knew we knew we were there to win. He knew I was. He knew I had attitude because I was competitive. I, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to get it done. Um, he he was honestly one of the one of the coaches like. As an assistant coach, he he did his job. He he knew how to he knew how to tell me how it was when it needed to be said, um, and he knew the game too. They they both knew the game very well. They knew how to they knew how to run everything, and we had that in West Michigan too. But I've I've had I've been places where we've never had that, and uh, there's been a lot of coaching staffs that 
um, have been in my life. And I think uh, the two, West Michigan and uh, Toledo were the best ones. Um, those guys never wanted to down any of us. They wanted nothing but success. And I think Omi wanted that more than anything, was the players to succeed. Yep, that sounds like him. Now, um, yeah. so you finished playing that that year with Toledo. Um, yep. Did you ever entertain thoughts of uh, coming back? Uh, no, I aged out that year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I, it was, it was my time to go. I, I wish I could have came back for another year. Um, I wish I would have had that opportunity to, um, just cause I, I love that atmosphere. It's so, so cool. But, uh, that was the year that, uh, me and Turner and Bogart, Z-Bob was going to at first two, uh, Glenn, uh, we were we were all looking into going to Eastern after that, and um, I think the only three of us went. And we had a couple other Toledo guys that uh, ended up on that team too. But yeah, after that year, it was unfortunate that I had to age out. But yeah, but it let that's on how it goes the, once you get older. Yeah, I know. But the cool part is that it let you go to a place where you were going. It played a part in your future. And of course, that being Eastern oh, Michigan. And tell me, what was it like when you first went there as a student? Uh, as a student, it was cool. Um, I, I'm definitely not a fan of the bigger schools. So like going to a <clears throat> quote unquote big school that's smaller was very nice having classrooms that were just like in uh, grade school where you only had 20 to 30 people in a class. That was great. The hockey, uh, when we got there, was it was in rough shape. Uh, they they were struggling for a while, um, but that's what we were told. We, me, Bogart Turner, we were told this. We, we wanted to come here and turn the program around. Um, and then the year that we joined, they went through a coaching change. The coach that uh, was recruiting us was not the coach that ended up coaching us. It was, it was kind of weird that that first year we played with 10 guys wow. the whole season. And one of, one of our, one of our third string goalies was um, playing forward for us. So it was, wow. uh, it was a, it was a interesting, yeah, it was an interesting first year to say the least. What? Um, but it, it's like those years that make you like very much appreciate the years you had back at that and I think that first year is a life lesson that, that first year is a lesson of how how stuff can happen um yeah it was definitely it was definitely a shock that first year but we had hope me Turner and Bogart we had hope for the team so that's that's basically why we stayed so um he, I mean did it get better as you went on uh, with your other subsequent years Um, so I only played one more year after that. Um, I would say the team wise, the beginning of the second year was good. Very good. Um, uh, my second year at West Michigan kind of situation going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of stuff being told that wasn't happening. 
Um, so that's the ultimate decision of why I decided to step away and decided to focus on school more. But I mean, we definitely that second year was a lot better. We had a full we had a full team. Um, I know the players, me, Turner, and Bogart did. We we recruited for the team. We wanted the team to thrive. Um, we had a first first good half, but towards the end, it just became just became uh, more of not having fun, not competing, rather than like dreading going to hockey. And I think that's what made the decision to stop competing really came from. Okay, so did you finish at at Eastern? Uh, yep. I I, I went for, to school there for three more years after I stopped, and then uh, I've graduated um, when a uh, degree in sports management. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's kind of where I am at now. I'm, okay. So I was gonna say it isn't like it's been that long ago that you that you graduated. So, uh, but now. You know, I mean, usually this is where I get into asking you about, you know, giving back and cope by coaching or whatever. Well, gee whiz, it, 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 I didn't have to do that. That uh, You kind of set that up for yourself quite nicely. As, uh, you uh, are now one of the assistant coaches at Eastern Michigan. What got your, your passion to get back in the game? Uh, what, what, what? What got that lit? What got that fire lit? Me playing, I want it's just it's just where I'm most content and most happy. Um, and I think it's those it's those years, like I said, my first two years at Eastern, seeing how like coaching staffs like deal with things. Um, my first year or my second year at West Michigan, seeing how like things go down and like having coaches like Kenny and Fackler um, guys that guys that have showed me what good coaches can be. And then guys that have showed me like what terrible coaches can be. And I think my biggest decision to stay at Eastern and help out this program as much as I can um, was because I was, I was down, I was there when it was at the bottom rock bottom. And we, they, I've seen kids try to like get it out of a hole and coaching not help and coaching is something they haven't had there at Eastern and um, me, uh, Dan Phelps, Tom, we, th- this group of guys that we have on this uh, coaching staff, we're, we're all in, we're all alumni of the school. We all played for the school um, and we care about the program. That's something that we haven't had there in a while a couple special years we're definitely looking looking good as a coaching staff and what we're doing and it, it's fun man that that's what i love about it. it's fun I, I love even though i'm not competing i love coming to skates and watching these guys just go 100 percent, giving it all they got like that, that's that's what i love about this game that's the best the career that i yeah yeah but uh so now um do you see yourself uh, wanting to eventually be a head coach somewhere? Uh, or do you, do you want to stay at college? Do you want to go to maybe try juniors? Uh, what, what eventually would you see yourself doing? I mean, the ultimate goal is to go and coach professional somewhere. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, I, I would love to coach a big, a big NCAA school as well. 
Um, but I know that's further down the road. So as for right now, um, I think Eastern's a great start. Uh, coaching juniors would be awesome. I would love to like, I'd love to see the junior experience from the other side. Um, make it as far as I can to win as much as I can and have fun doing it. Man, oh man. That's, uh, you know, that's, and that's the thing, you know, obviously as, to get you as far as you go, um, Josh, just a couple of things here before we, before we finish, um, what, what would you, the Josh of today, okay. The Josh Summers of today, what advice would you give that, that kid, uh, that was transitioning from midget double A to juniors, what advice would you give that version of you? Go to the gym. <laughs> Go for a run. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> Be in shape. It, it's a, it's not really an excuse because I, I I played the way I wanted to play and that's how I was happy about it. But if I go to the gym, I get a little bit more stamina. I lose a little bit more weight. Some other things could happen. Some better things can happen. But yeah, if I if I had to go back, that would probably be it, dude. Get to the gym. Start putting in your work now. Yeah. Um. But first of all, because your body will be thankful later on if you're <laughs> if you're doing that. But uh, just like a hockey wise, like. Even though I gave it my all, I could have given it more, and that's probably probably the advice I would give. Wow. Now, um, who were the people that impacted you the most growing up, uh, both on the ice and off? <sighs> probably my parents, really. Like, I mean, you got to think we're looking at a sport that takes thousands and thousands of dollars, and I know, like, impacts – I mean, not, it's not all about money, but the sacrifice that they made um, when I was younger to just give me the opportunity. Um, I remember me and my dad, we were living on my aunt's floor for like a year. Um, and he still found a way to get me to hockey every day. He still found a way to pay hockey every day, give me the equipment I needed. That was, that was in, and I see that and I see how hard they worked. And I think that's where sport showed um that i was relentless i was i was willing to do whatever i had to do um and then guys like mark fackler um who uh was my coach at west michigan he he definitely turned the tables on my life when it came to hockey he he knew he knew how to get me to where i needed to be and he just knew how to be a good person with it. And Kenny, along the same lines, they were both they were both good people that just knew the game, knew how to get their players going, and that those those guys definitely have pushed me to where I am today and what I want to do. And mirror what they do is just be great coaches and make these kids exceed as much as they can. Yeah. Now. Because there's a lot of kids that have a lot of potential, and there's certain coaches that know how to get them out, and those two guys definitely know. Yep, no doubt about it. Now, um, where uh, did you have? Is there anyone who you study, uh, like in the NHL level, uh, as far or you know in the professional level that you are going to try and like? Do you want to emulate or you know like work at 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 that kind of a style? 
and I mean, there's many NHL coaches that I could, I could say I, I want to model myself around, but probably it wouldn't even be NHL coaches. It would probably be like Red Berenson, just his career at Michigan. Um, legacy that he has left at the University of Michigan is just unmatched and it's, it's special. And I've, I've been a fan. I've been a Michigan fan since I was really young. So like hockey obviously was a big thing. I'd go to the camps. I'd go to the Red Berenson camps and like just hearing him talk when I was younger and just having that experience. And then like I look over interviews, how he, how he conducts himself, uh, how he runs practices, how he treats his, the players on his team. And it's that, that stuff's really inspirational because that man's been doing it consistently for years and years and years. And that's, that's really what I, I want to do with my life. I want, I want to live it out until I can't anymore. And I want to do that. That makes sense. Um, so, okay. One more thing here. Uh, and that is, uh, what would you like to say to Cherokee nation? I, and I usually end my podcast this way where you can talk to, you know, the, obviously the alumni, the, uh, the former coaches, current coaches, former players, current players, and the fan base, they all tune into this. So what would you like to say to them? Oh, just thank you. I mean, I, I felt right at home when I first got there in Toledo, um, it, it it really showed to my first ever experience with our the sap game that we had and i never got the pleasure to meet him but just you showed how you saw how much love that man had and what it meant and that game just like that game was shocking to me how many people showed up it was most people i ever played in front of uh and it's just the fan base the team everything about that town is just so amazing and I miss it. I miss it tremendously. And yeah, I would just like to say thank you, especially to coach Kenny taking the, taking the chance on me. Um, he definitely saves, saved my hockey career from going down to the dumps. Um, and, and I'll forever hold that close to my heart because not a lot of coaches would have given me that opportunity and he gave me that opportunity and more. So yeah, thank you to everybody. Yep, no question. And I, I tell you what, uh, they they enjoyed watching you, you know, and that was the other thing. Too. And, you know, as you talked about family, that's essentially what it is. I mean, I got to watch you play and, and uh, you know, and playing with that group, you know, crazy doesn't even begin to describe it, but they were a fun bunch. And that and that's the thing you were you were right there with them didn't take a backseat to anybody. You were just part of that. You were a cog in that machine, and that's what made it work, and that's why it was so special. So, you know, um, I, mm-hmm. I, I give you full marks for that one, Josh. And uh, uh, also, uh, best. Of, I want to wish you Thank the you. best of luck, man, with the with the Eastern Michigan job. I hope you know. I hope to hear and see great things from you guys. Because let's face it, um, Toledo has always been, has always had a little pipeline to you know ypsilanti because you know a lot of guys played from here went on to play you know college there you know i mean i'll never forget Mm -hmm. when uh todd omi was head coach of the cherokee for a while 
um, he had a game between Eastern and OU, Ohio University, and he had 10 guys that he had coached for the Cherokee that were on those two teams. They were playing each other. I mean, that, and that's, a, you know, the, the universities that Toledo does a lot of uh, business with as far as sending kids are uh, Eastern, Ohio U, and as of late, we've been getting a lot of guys going to Trine University over in Indiana and uh, stuff. So, Trine? Yep. And yep. so, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a number of guys that, uh, you know, they, play, they prefer to stay close to home. You know, I mean, we've sent guys to University of Toledo, sure. Uh, but I'm just saying as far as, you know, for long periods of time, uh, Eastern has always been one of those schools that, that we would send players to. And, uh, you know, and it's all because it's close to home. But it's yet at the same time, you're, you're getting away and trying to strike out on your own a little bit, but not too far, yep. <laughs> you know. So, but. And Toledo definitely, uh, Toledo definitely, it's, it's not luck. They they know how to get their players uh, ready to step to that next level. Because I mean, you see the whole team commits to a to a college. You know, mm-hmm. I, you you have players that are committing every single day just because you have that skill. They they know how they care about their kids. They want them to go to somewhere else. They're not Kenny's Kenny wants to win a championship, but Kenny also wants that kid to go play four more years at a college and uh, succeed and, and still compete and keep keep that in their life for as long as they can. And it's definitely not luck that they have so many kids doing that. And um, I'm definitely glad I got to be a part of that process, and I'm glad I got to come through and uh, get to where I am now. Okay. It's all, it's all about it. So, you know, well, Josh, I tell you, man, it's been fun. It doesn't seem like we've been on here but 10 minutes, but here we are, <laughs> you know. So uh, I, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah. I know that – I know you were I – could, I could tell you were just oh. a tad reluctant, but I'm glad you did this. It really is. It's, it's, I love getting to know I'm, you guys again, and, you know, it's fun. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm very glad you had me on. I had a good time. Uh, I, love, I love going down memory lane, so it was a good time going back and remembering those, those days. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the graveyard, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get, get on Turner on that. I'm pretty sure he has the picture. Oh, God. I'm sure if there's anyone that would, it'd be Austin. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that's going to do it here for episode, episode 101 here of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, just whatever uh, platform you uh, use, to consume your, your your podcasts, just subscribe to Cherokee Rewind, and it'll uh, let you know when every new episode drops. So for Josh, I am Mick. Thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind. <laughs>